What's up, Stalemates? This is Stalemates Tyler here, starting off this episode. Before we begin this episode, we wanted to tell you about our sponsors that help and support us. First, we have Barbarian Apparel, the best custom team apparel in the game. Whether it be singlets, shorts, t-shirts, whatever you need for your team, Barbarian Apparel can print it up for you. Find them at barbarianapparel.com. Next, we have Matman for all your specialty products, whether that be mat tape, knee pads, they have anything you need. Find them at matmanedge.com. And lastly, we want to tell you about Iron Sharpens Iron Team Camp. They have clinics coming up this summer in the Midwest. We have more details about that in the link below, so click that and check out Iron Sharpens Iron Team Camp. You and your team will not be disappointed. So thank you to our sponsors and enjoy this episode. What's up guys? Big episode today. We had a lot of fun recording it. We're so happy that AJ Ferrari Sr. joined the show. I think he delivered. Uh, probably one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Yeah, that was a good one. He definitely did not disappoint. Probably the first time that we've had a parent on the show. We've had athletes, we've had coaches. Um, so it's cool to see an athlete's parent on the show. So hope you guys enjoy it. Mr. Fast Twitch, the first AJ Ferrari Sr. Hit subscribe. 3,000 subscribers coming up soon. We just passed 2,000, year number two, April 15th. Let's go, baby. Let's do it. Behind every successful wrestler is a good parent or mentor or coach so we thought we would have on aj ferrari senior what's going on man hey thanks for having me have you heard of stalemates before yeah we've uh we we've watched you guys you know talk about aj's uh some of aj's stuff before yeah okay. so we've watched you guys me and the boys and my wife and and then my daughters okay well i, I appreciate you coming on uh, busy time for you guys. This is, uh, does this feel like maybe the, the peak so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, you know, after, after, uh, the NCAAs, I had to drive back with my wife and catch up on work and, you know, the boys, all the boys still train. AJ took, I think a day off and then lifted the next day just to give his body a break from the wrestling. So to be honest, it's sunk in, but you know, not so much. Except it's nice over here in Stillwater. You know, like I went out to get some coffee this morning, and everybody, oh, congratulations on your son! So everybody really is follows wrestling here, which is nice. So you you guys are getting recognized quite a bit then. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a small town, but they're uh, actually. I tell everybody this. You know, we've lived. I'm from New York. We lived in Texas, New Jersey. And now Oklahoma and the people here are just the nicest people in the world. At first, I wasn't used to it. I almost thought it was fake because people are so nice, but they're just great people, great people. So I was, doing, I was doing some research on you, and uh, I got to shout out Zed Miller real quick. He, he did an interview with you uh, like three years ago or something like that, and you had brought up the fact that you and, what, 45 Ferraris – Moved to south to, down to Texas from from New York back in '96 or something like that. Yeah, I think it was '90 90, '98. Um, over a year, 
almost 50 of us moved down there all within and we all lived within about three miles of each other uh, and almost about 25 of us lived in the same neighborhood so <clears throat> my father uh came down it was actually supposed to be a two-year deal you know we had a family discussion uh you know everybody and we'll do it for two years but it was cheap and uh good cost of living so everybody would visit you know, and they'd be like, oh, my goodness, this is your house. I'm paying this for this hump of garbage over here. So everybody just moved down. So there's, there's still over some some went back, but there's over 40 of us there. And so you guys were you're you were born in Orange County, New York. I was born in Yonkers. And then we moved up uh, after my sister was born. We moved up to Orange County. But isn't Orange County, New York, isn't that a little bit more? uh uh, how do I say it? It's not not as New York City ish. Oh so, yeah, yeah. It's it's about I think it's sixty miles out of Manhattan. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's it's uh, basically it's blue collar, and then a bunch of city people moving up who want to get their kids out of there. You know, that's the it's just a blue collar, lower middle class. Uh, you know, diverse into different areas, but um, it was a it was a good place to raise kids. But it's more rural than obviously than New York City. Okay, so then you know, the whole food, the whole family moves down to Texas. Uh, fast forward many years later, and you start having kids. Uh, did you come from a wrestling background, or I know that you said that you wanted your kids to wrestle more for like a per, like a protection aspect, like you know, be yeah. able to defend their family and stuff like that. Did you grow up wrestling, or how did you decide, you know, hey, we're gonna go this wrestling route with with the boys? Uh, I wrestled only up till seventh grade because then I went and played basketball in middle school and high school and I played baseball. I also boxed a little bit um, as soon as I could afford to pay for something because, you know, my my parents couldn't back. It was different back then. My parents couldn't afford to pay for anything like that. So as soon as I could afford, I, you know, I boxed a little bit in a boxing club, but I always loved fighting and I got in trouble sometimes with that. And my also my perspective was if my kids have an outlet to let this out, my boys, they're not going to get in trouble because they can let it out there, you know? Um, but I fell in love with wrestling because I was a guy who was coaching in Plano, Texas and AJ was four and he said, Hey, you should bring your boy down, you know, and, you know, check it out. Cause they were, he, AJ was taking jujitsu at the time. Uh, and I fell in love with it, especially, you know, father son aspect of it. Uh, I remember the first, the first day of practice, my dad says to me, you know, I was getting on the mat, getting ready to get on. The guy says, oh, you're not going to be one of those dads. You know, he's like, you know, just let him enjoy it. And I sat there for like five minutes watching. And I told him, I said, I can't do this. I got to get out there. So every practice with all three boys, four nights a week. And my, my knowledge of the sport was only, like I said, up till sixth, seventh grade. So it was obviously minimal. But I took, I took, uh, I took the attitude like it's almost like I'm going to school here. So I paid attention to every little thing every day after practice. We went home. Uh, we had a 10 by 10 and we would drill another hour or more until we got all the boys got everything they taught that night. And we on the basics, takedowns, escapes and, and, you know, riding and turning people. So who what like. What like resources were you looking up? I'm sure you were YouTubing some stuff or reading books. Like, do you remember some of those early like tutorials that you would watch? Well, so at the beginning, it was just the local coaches um, where we were. But then like we would go to, we went to Jeff Jordan camp, right? 
Uh, the first time I went, it was one of those, they were young. So it was like one of those three, the three day weekend ones. And again, I was always the dad. I was on the mat the entire camp. And I, whoever my kid was with, I would always help them as much as my kid, because, you know, that's just the right thing to do. So camps never had a problem with me because I was, you know, and the other thing was that I learned with my kids and I've seen it with other kids is a lot of times you got to take their hand and move it here. You, you can't just say it or even do it to them. you got to actually move them around and they would pick it up faster. And I've helped other kids that way too, especially dyslexic kids. I've noticed that's with, um, but so I, when I went, went to Jordan camp, I buy the DVDs that they sold. Right. And guess what? We watched the entire way home. We watched the DVDs in the car over the summer. You know, we would take one DVD and we would go through that DVD for an entire week with, you know, and it was a lot because I'd have to go through it with Angelo and Anthony because they were around the same weight. I'd find someone for AJ and we'd go through every setup, every finish, every takedown. Uh, the other thing I did, which I used to take notes at all these camps, I'd have a notebook and I would be there writing down every little, thing. again, I took it like I'm going to school here. Um, so even though, again, I only wrestled till sixth, seventh grade, I have a pretty good knowledge of the sport because I've been doing this for 15 years studying it. The other, the other thing that I found, I think a lot of people who did wrestle in high school, like dads, coaches, or even a little bit of college, they think that they know it. From my perspective, it's like, I don't know anything. I'm going to be a sponge and take, take something from him, take something from him. And my, I've always instilled that in my kids. You know, you can always learn something, even say you're better than the guy, but he may know something or, be able to share something with you that you can add to your arsenal. So uh, that's the attitude that we've had. That's kind of, that's really interesting that you said that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody uh, really mention that because I've, I've always said that wrestling is a sport that you almost have to be born into. Like if you didn't have like a dad or an uncle or a cousin or somebody involved in the sport of wrestling, you're probably not going to wrestle. And I know that you said you wrestled up until seventh grade, but for you to have the perspective of, uh, well, I don't know, you know, anything compared to these other guys, I'm going to learn it all. I think you think that probably that's got to be one of the biggest factors in AJ having the kind of style that he does. Cause when you watch AJ wrestle, he's a bigger guy, but he's, he's doing all kinds of stuff out there. He's not just doing big guy moves. I was just watching, uh, uh, the finals match and you know, when he shoots that low single, he's super low to the ground. You don't see a lot of big guys doing that kind of stuff. No. I, and I mean, AJ didn't grow up a big guy though. He was always a middleweight. Uh, so his style you know, that was the other thing. When we started, my attitude was, hey, we're always attacking. When they were little, as soon as that whistle blew, you better be, you're shooting on the whistle. So it was always attack, attack, attack. And, you know, you had kids would, and you still have it now, but, you know, maybe they have a good neck wrench, snake or cow, cow kid, whatever you call it. Um, but my attitude, and I tell dads with smaller kids, get them shooting. Because if they don't get used to that miserableness down there where you're getting beat up, it's going to be harder to, it's going to be harder to train them that as they get older, you know, like, you know, even about talking about my kids, I researched a while back when they, when they were real little, like 80% of their personalities are formed by the time they're five years old, which is crazy. So for me, you know, from zero to five, I was super rough with them. You know, they probably saw Rocky 50 times before they, <laughs> let's go. It's like they always watched, you know, movies that were violent, but not gratuitous violence, like positive, pro, pro-American, pro-Italian-American, things like that. So it was instilled in them 
and as their as their personalities were forming. So, um, you know, I was very careful. Another interesting thing is my kids didn't grow up with cable TV. Like we didn't have any TV. Like we had a TV, but it was just had a DVD player or VCR, so I could control everything that was getting put into their heads. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so for instance, my kids, you know the show The Honeymooners? I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, that's from like the 40s, 50s. My kids have seen every episode. They, they grew up with Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, I've uh, seen that one. Christian movies, all kinds of movies with strong men, male figures, and strong old-fashioned, old-school women figures. So, you know, to instill that, that in them, because I just don't, you know, I don't agree, and it's even worse now, what they're putting on TV. So I was able to funnel that out for them. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that AJ didn't have a cell phone until he was uh, 16 or something like that. Uh, was that kind of the yeah, same I perspective? He 17. There? 17. I, think he was, I think he was 17 years old when he got it. Um, and, you know, it was a struggle because, you know, he, especially when he got to high school, he'd be getting his, his balls busted by the other kids. I can't believe your dad doesn't let you have it. But I think now he appreciates it because the thing with that was I wanted them to be able to speak well publicly and have conversations with adults, you know, learn to look people in the eyes and, you know, even all of us now, we're in these phones all the time. It's like your attention span is like this because you're constantly, I mean, I'm all of us. And from a young age, it's even, it's even worse. Um, and I've gotten a lot, of, a lot of positive feedback on that. You know, your kids know how to speak and have a conversation. They look, you know, they look me in the eyes. They, uh, they're paying attention. So I think that was a large part of it. Now he, you know, is pretty big on the social media stuff now. And I don't know if you pay attention to it. How, well, how much do you pay attention to what people are saying? Uh, so for a while I didn't pay attention because I'd be like, Oh my goodness, he's hilarious and crazy, but I, I can't watch it. You know, I'm like, I have uncles call me or, or whoever, <clears throat> but it was all in good fun. But it's funny, you know, when AJ was like, AJ got a, I think an Instagram account, maybe in eighth, ninth grade. You know, and it was on my wife's phone, so she had to go on my wife's phone to do it. And you know, one of the coaches over in Allen was like, you know, hey, uh, you know, you're not going to ever get recruited with this stuff. You're in your you're you're in your underwear, you know, with your your shirt off, whatever. And you know, just but he's he's having fun. And boy, you know, hold on, but boy, was that guy wrong, by the way? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I remember when the boys were like eight, six, and four, and we were at practice just a regular youth practice. And, and the guy, one of the coaches came over and he's like, you know, your boys are very cocky and that's not wrestling. You know, you got to fix that. And, you know, I remember thinking I attributed it more, Hey, we're in Texas and this is a personality difference. You know, I was louder than all the other dads. And, you know, what people didn't understand was that they got that. It wasn't, to me, it's not cockiness. It's confidence because I always told my boys that you, the way you become good at anything is you be the hardest worker, which that is what in any room they're in, you talk to any coach, whether they like us personally or not, they're the hardest workers. And also your faith in God. So when you have, when you grow up with a strong faith in God, the way my kids did, you have, and, and you know, you did the work. So you believe, Hey, I'm going to reap what I sowed. Plus the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, you know, which I teach my kids is from, you know, from the Bible, then they believe that they're going to win no matter the circumstance, whether, whether, you know, AJ's wrestling 
someone, you know, four years older or whatever. And so that confidence gets, I think, confused with, with cockiness sometimes. Have you ever, I mean, I, I am a huge fan of it. And uh, I've always kind of been on the side of like, some people say, you know, it's, it's cocky, it's cocky and stuff. But I've always said that people who are cocky, they got to be good. Well, your son's pretty dang good. You know, he went out there and won the whole thing. And so, you know, if you're going to be celebrating stuff, you better be good. And so he can talk the talk, but he's also, you know, walking the walk. Yeah. And, you know, they, uh, here's, here's another thing, like with the boys, like when they were growing up, I would always double answer them, right? Which I'm sure a lot of parents do. I'd put them in their division and the division up and we wouldn't cut the weight. So we'd be smaller and older. And there was, I remember one time driving to Oklahoma because Oklahoma wasn't under USA Wrestling then. So it was okay, WA, I think. And that was great because they were tough then. So we would go up there and they would let me enter the boys for three divisions. So AJ was like nine or 10 years old <clears throat> wrestling like 14, 15 year olds. And we're driving up there because every weekend since they were young, we'd leave the house at like three, four in the morning, go to the tournaments, come home. And I'm driving up there and I told AJ, I said, listen, I'm not, I don't care whether you win or not this weekend. I'm looking to see how tough you are. I'm looking to see, you know, if you're going to give up, if you're going to break. And he didn't even end up winning his own division that weekend because, excuse me, he was so beat up and exhausted because he was jumping from mat to mat. And the older kids take it as an insult. You know, who is this kid in my bracket? Not only, like I said, the hard work and, and the faith, but also the toughness. That was what it was about for us. It was like, you're, even when they were little, if they lost a match, but they fought and they were tough, they kept coming. I, I was as proud as, as if they, I, I've been more pissed sometimes when they would win a match, but I thought, hey, you stopped attacking, you stopped wrestling, you didn't wrestle your best. I would be more upset with them for, for, for that circumstance. It's funny that you uh, say that. AJ did an interview, I think it was after one of his NCAA finals, or not finals, but one of the NCAA matches, and uh, he was talking about his younger brother. I'm assuming it's is it Angelo that just wrestled at the state tournament? Yeah. And Angelo's a freshman, and Anthony's a junior. Okay, which one lost? One of them lost. And he lost in the ultimate tiebreaker with one second left. The guy got out. Yeah. And they were talking about that, and he was telling his brother, he's like kind of mentoring him or something like that, saying like, "Hey, you're, you should be wanting to perform at the NCAA tournament. That's when that's when the winning matters." Sometimes he would mention he would get double entered in those tournaments when he was younger, so he could lose, so he could learn yeah. a lot from that. So it's kind of cool that you brought that up. And he also mentioned about like in, right with what you're talking about, how you know these dads and these coaches, they're you know their kid won Tulsa or this and that. And I mean, we would see dads literally crying when their kids won. Like they just, I don't know what they, they I mean, and to us, to me, it was like, what the hell are you crying? I mean, it's Tulsa. Your kid's six. Your kid's seven. <laughs> My kids all won Tulsa. But it was like, this is, you know. What are we doing? That, uh, you know, and what are you telling your kid? And, and listen, that's another thing with my kids. If they lost to a kid, we like a lot of kids, at least in Texas, oh, they would change weights, you know, they would avoid that kid. If we lost to a kid, we were going to go on the hunt for that kid. So, you know, uh, Anthony and, you know, Jordan Williams, one time, you know, Jordan is obviously, you know, one time we went up there, this is when they're little, and Anthony goes up there 
And at this time, Jordan used to be bigger than Anthony. So we went up a weight. Anthony shoots in. He gets snake. He ends up losing 5-1. So we're driving home, and I am calling everybody I know in Oklahoma to find out where he's going to be the next weekend. And we're just, you know, that's all we could think about. Every time we, I go online, print a picture of the kid, and my kids have bunk beds. They go to sleep with that kid's face above them every time. And then after we beat them, we go in the backyard, and we burn that picture. It'd be done, you know. But next weekend we found him and it was great great match overtime but we beat him and you know the attitude was if we would have lost fine we're gonna go go again until we get it because the attitude we always had is we can beat anybody it may take we just have to work harder we just have to work harder we didn't work hard enough if we lost that match you know that that, that was always our attitude that same story you just said there uh mm -hmm. there's a podcast that just came out shout out to ryan warner it's called the smiths and it's about uh john smith and pat smith their whole legacy John Smith loses to, I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. He loses to him in a duel. Uh, was it the Cuban? No. No, it was, it was a college match. Okay, gotcha. Um, it's going to come to me right afterwards. But anyways, he loses to him on, on like a Thursday night duel or something. And 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 John Smith goes, we got to go find that guy. And what they did, yeah, they, yeah, they went I to, to I remember that. They went to Omaha like yeah. that week and entered John. Yeah. I think John yes. was the only cowboy in that tournament that right. wrestled there. Uh, so yeah. that, that reminded me of that a little bit. Uh, a lot of people, when they look at AJ and they look at John Smith, they think, you know, they, they're not the same personality types. Why do you think AJ picked Oklahoma State? Because when I look at AJ, I'm thinking Rutgers. I'm thinking Iowa. I'm thinking, you know, more along those lines. But why why, uh, why do you think he picked Oklahoma State? Um, well, when we were living in Jersey, Rutgers had a good chance because, you know, in our eyes, Rutgers and Oklahoma State are – similar in some ways because they're just tough hard-nosed schools and that's the way we hand we think of it right and the thing is with Oklahoma State is so you know the roller camps are you familiar with those that they used to have so whoever won whoever made the world all-star team would get to go to these roller camps for free and then you could pay to go there too so we would go to those and they bring in clinicians you know they bring in sheets they bring in Chris Perry Guerrero they they bring in these most Oklahoma guys and from a young age, we had, we started developing a relationship with them. So, you know, it, the way I felt and even the boys, it was almost like when, when AJ went to, to OSU that I was sending him to be trained by his uncles. I know that sounds a little crazy, but that was, you know, I knew these guys, I knew their personalities and their, their attitude philosophy that I got was, man, they're hard asses. They're hard asses, but with love, tough, like, like tough, like love. And that's the way I am. Like I'm a hard ass, but I'm super loving to my kids. They don't, people don't see that off the mat, you know, just sort of straying off. Like I, I remember one time Angela was like five or six. We're at a freestyle tournament and this ref, this young ref says, man, you are the meanest dad I've ever seen. Cause I'm, getting in Angelo's, you know, grill, I'm, I'm screaming at him. And I was shocked because what these guys didn't realize is, you know, when we're practicing at the house or anywhere, I'm super hard, like perfection. That's what we're striving for. But every night we're, I'm saying an individual prayer with each kid at their bed every night, every night. That's all, every night I'm singing the kids each a song, you know? And so we, I have a relationship with them where they know, my relationship, my love with them is not based on whether they win or lose. I mean, God forbid they 
just never wrestled again. That doesn't change the way I'm going to treat them or feel about them. And I saw, I saw a lot of other dads um, that were hard asses like I was, but then I saw when their kids got to be like 15, 16, I mean, their kids, you could see that their kids did not like their dads. Right. I mean, you'd see kids hitting their dads or cursing at their dads. And I think that what a lot of dads need to realize is, is that you gotta, you gotta have that love. If, if, if you're, a Christian have that God God part off the map, but you gotta have that love and that family that has nothing to do with the wrestling. Otherwise, your kid could could grow to resent you. I feel. I know that's sort of a tangent, but um, I think that's important for dads to hear. And I always tell dads, I get a lot of dads hitting me up, asking me for you know advice, and and I I try to share that with them because you know nothing's worth it if you lose your relationship with with your kid, no matter how successful they are. Yeah, I mean, I think, no, I'm glad that you said some of that because, uh, you know, the Big 12 tournament and then Nationals, you were almost on camera just as much as, as AJ was. I don't know if you realized that, but they had a camera on you yeah. the whole time. And and I think when you look at it, uh, not knowing you or not knowing your family, you see this, you know, crazy dad in the stands right. yelling and yelling and yelling, but you don't really get to hear some of that, you know, what you just said right there. Yeah, and I mean, that craziness is the same craziness from when they were six years old. So you could see how from the outside in, people are like, man, this guy, people used to say, your kids are going to hate you when they get to be 16, 17, but they didn't see the whole picture. They just saw, they just saw, just like a lot of people think, used to think they would meet my kids. They'd say, they meet my kids at my house or something. And they would always be shocked about, man, your kids are so nice and respectful. They always thought that they were these, like, you know, when you're wrestling, you're wrestling. They thought like, they don't, they're not just, you know, punching holes in the wall all day long. You know, you know what I'm saying? So all right, before we before we wrap this up here, I'm gonna ask you just some some bang, bang, bang questions. Um sure. Sure. Uh, the first one here is what do you think the biggest mistake that parents make when they're trying to raise a good wrestler? Uh well, two things. One I told you already, right? You gotta you gotta listen, my kids would not have the success they have without the, the, not just God, but the Bible. Like we have Friday night Bible studies every weekend. We, when they were young, we would read the Bible together multiple times a week. And, you know, that, that's important that they know that they're doing this. There's something great, a greater purpose in life. So that's the other, that's one part. The other part is, and this is important that you got to have your wife on board. Like you dads need to get their wives on board. In other words, if you're coming home, and from practice and your kid was dogging it not putting a hundred in and you're going at him for it and your wife is like oh leave johnny alone you know it's fine well now the kid knows he can always play that you know you can do that with everything not just wrestling whether you know you're not doing your homework and your wife needs to have your back and be on board even if it's even if it's fake you know and then she could talk to you about it in private and be like hey you know i think that you're being a little crazy here a little hard and that's how, you know, my wife was. It's like, sometimes she disagreed with me, but it was behind closed doors. And, you know, if if Anthony, if, if I didn't like the way Anthony practiced, guess who, what? We got home, he got to go live with AJ for an hour. Angelo got to go live with Anthony. So, you know, it was always, I tell him, it's a lot easier if you just bust your ass at practice and go with your older brother, you know that. And so it sort of became a habit. But again, your wife, your wife has to have your back. You have to be, have a unified front. Okay. The celebrations, the, the TikToks, the, the personality, who does, who does AJ get that from? Uh, well, I get a lot of, I get a lot of texts and phone calls from 
my cousins and people I grew up with, you know, even people who grew up with who have sons that wrestle. And, you know, they're like, oh my goodness, I'm watching, I'm watching you, but wrestling now. Cause I, you know, I, I remember going back to my hometown and I saw a kid's parents at Gold's Gym and the dad called me over and he's like, you know, I used to watch you when you were growing up and you would always be putting yourself in these situations, running your mouth, doing whatever, but you always managed to get your, you always managed to be okay. And I think he gets that, he gets that from me. And I'm super competitive in our house, board games. I mean, it's, and we would celebrate, you know, you, you win something, we're going to celebrate it. It could be chess, checkers, could be Pictionary, a lot of, a lot of fun putting it in your face at the house here. So. That's, I think he gets that more from me. My wife is a little more reserved. Okay. Street fight, you and AJ, what age could he start to, were you kind of like, okay, this might be a problem if something happens? Yeah. <clears throat> AJ, it would never be a problem because AJ is super respectful. Let me tell you, he is, he is uh, you know, I, you should never raise your hands to your parents. AJ's a dangerous dude, man. AJ, AJ is a dangerous guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get into a fight with him right now. Hey. You know? If I ever say something that's out of line, you call, you got my number now. You call me and say, Hey, he's coming. Cause I gotta, I gotta find a place to hide. All right. Um, okay. Let's pretend that you're his agent. Let's pretend that, uh, you're trying to find a super match for him. Let's pretend that you're selling pay-per-views in your mind. Who's AJ's super match. Who do you think he, him wrestling one other guy? What's the highest pay? Like if you're selling the most pay-per-views, who are you picking to be his, his dancing partner? I got two of them. Okay. And they're both pretty obvious to me. You got Gable Stevenson, yeah. who, by the way, is a great, great young man. I mean, he, he and AJ, they talked this past weekend. And, uh, you know, Gable came over to me. I was, the day of the finals, I was sitting outside the restaurant at the hotel, and he was walking with one of AJ's uncles, and he was walking out from me. And, and he came over, he's like, hey, introduce himself, Mr. Ferrari. You got a good, you got a good boy there. And, you know, it's funny. You, it's. I feel like it's the same thing with AJ. They see they see them online, and they forget. Like I see Gable's twenty. He's a kid. Like I see in his eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a man, but he's young. And and I can see that he's a good a good young man. Um. So, but I think that that would be uh, I would, that would be something that everybody would want to see. And then the other one is, is AJ and Burroughs. I think that people would want to see that. Yeah. See that. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think that would be, I don't think uh, that would be very good for Burroughs, but I think that uh, people would want to see that. Let's go. I did not, I did not expect that, especially coming off uh, this last chance qualifier stuff. I was expecting Braxton Amos there, but you're, you're thinking the King, you're thinking Jordan Burroughs. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking Jordan Burroughs. Yeah. I mean, I just say that's what something people want to see. Obviously they're different weight classes. That's why I'm saying that Jordan, you know, I don't think he would want that because AJ is, AJ's much bigger and AJ's getting bigger. But, um, you know, Burroughs, obviously, AJ, AJ studied him a lot growing up, right? And, um, you know, he just had a post, I'm sure you saw, where it's like how important it is. You know, it's great that, that you know, five guys won, right? But to sort of, I don't know what he's talking about because AJ, is Italian-American. And AJ studied Burroughs, I mean, every little thing when he was little and emulated him and had nothing to do with what he looked like. So to me, Jordan's getting caught up in judging everybody on what they look like instead of what they're doing. 
You know, we always respected Jordan because of his work ethic and, you know, his accomplishments and uh, had nothing to do with what he looks like. So yeah. I, why that's getting, he, he's pulling that into this right now. What do you think it means to be Italian American? Cause I see, I see a lot of it on the timeline. Yeah. It seems like this year, this whole like Italian wave, uh, you know, is, is going on. What, what's it mean to be Italian American to you? Um, well, you know, that's another thing that I was very, I stressed with my kids. You know, we, I get the Italian Tribune. It's an Italian newspaper. And we read that as a family every week. Um, I read from uncle Floyd Vivino. He's got a column in there and it taught, and it basically it just talks about, it talks about growing up Italian in, in the prior generations, you know, and I've stressed to my kids, the sacrifices that their grandparents made. And it's a, it's a dishonor to them to, to not work hard because Italians to me, they work hard. Okay. And like, I, for instance, would be, I've told my kids the stories like my dad, my grandfather was a barber and the kids, he had to move out of his house at 12 years old from Boston to New York to get a job because he had seven younger siblings and he, he had to move out at 12 years old. He didn't, none, neither of my grandparents finished high school and the kids would come out of school. He would tell me and they'd eat half their sandwich and throw it in the garbage. And he would go out and eat that sandwich, finish it. And my wife would say, why are you telling your kids this and make it sound like, you know, we're, you know, you come from trashy Guinea family, you know, I'm like, but no, I want them to understand what their ancestors had to go through to give them the opportunities that they had. You know, my dad had to stop playing sports in eighth grade. I had to stop playing in high school. My kids can keep doing, maybe make a career out of it. And that's only because of all the sacrifices that everybody else made. It's really, it's the American dream. But Italian-Americans, I've always told my kids, we're hard workers and we're tough. You know, you look at Rocky Marciano, we've, we've watched the tough. This isn't a guy with the greatest skill, but man, he could take a shot, had like a head, like, you know, a brick. You, you just, we're tough people and we're going to keep coming at you. So that, that's what it means to me and, and family and food, obviously. Were you, were you bummed then that his opponent was Italian in the finals? No, but I'll tell you what, I knew he was going to be tough because uh, I was talking to, I was talking to Aaron Brooks's dad, right? Because I, I, I'm friends with his dad. He's a great guy. And um, so we were talking like in the corridor before the finals. And he knows, he knows, uh, you know, and his family. He said, he told me, oh, yeah, his dad's a bricklayer from Pittsburgh. And I said to myself, his dad's a bricklayer. This guy's going to be one tough, you know what, man. You know, he's, he's not breaking. We're, we're just going to be a battle. And you saw, I mean. AJ was exhausted at the end of that match. That was a, that kid was tough. That was a good match. All right. Last question here. Olympic trials. We're going to see him yeah. there. Yes, you will. And do you know what weight? I do, but I don't know if that's been made public. So I, I can't say anything. I'm not sure if it's been made public yet. All right. I respect it. I had to try, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody, everybody yeah. out there is trying to figure it out. I thought maybe, uh, yeah. but uh, I appreciate you for coming on, man. I think, I think, uh, you know, hopefully after seeing this, people will see a little bit more context behind, you know, you, you and the on camera and yelling and everything. But yeah. I, I get it. My mom and my aunts and, uh, you know, they're crazy. Actually, I'm on in my family. A lot of the guys are more mellow. And, and my mom, I swear, half my footage growing up, you know, I'd go to watch my dad. And, you know, I would go to these tournaments. My mom would film most of the match footage was just my mom's feet because she's putting the camera down to. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, That's, yeah. That's why I was never a good wrestler because I couldn't study my footage. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate you for coming on. We'll be we'll be watching, watching him and cheering him all your boys. And uh, my, my best wishes to you guys, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, AJ. All right. Take care.